Hello, hello, you guys. It's 2024. I cannot believe that 2023 went so stinking fast and we're already here. But I think New Year is super fun because I think about all the exciting things we want to do for the year and I just have this extra motivation. And today, um, we're actually going to be talking about something that we don't talk about a lot on the podcast. And this is going to be, this is going to be postpartum. So, I'm excited to talk about postpartum because with the VBAC link, right, we are all women of strength. You're all preparing for birth. You're all preparing for even pregnancy sometimes. And we're we're so focused on the birth, but we forget about what comes after the birth. And so we have our friend, our dear, dear friend, Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Hello. Good morning. Happy New Year. Good morning. I'm so excited to have you on today, you guys. I'm excited. Thank you. Yes. So you're a a registered nurse, an international birth certified lactation consultant, which is an IBCLC. And for everyone who doesn't, has never seen an IBCLC, you guys, I have three babies and I've seen it and I've breastfed with all three of them. And I have seen an IBCLC with each baby because I found that each baby is so different. So yes. if you if you haven't seen an IBCLC before, I would highly suggest it. They can help so much. But Crystal's from The Mama Coach, and she's going to be talking with us today about postpartum and mood, mood stuff and breastfeeding and so many powerful things. So hold on tight. We're going to do a review and then dive right in. This review is from, I don't even know how to say it. It's like Miralam, Miralam04 on Apple Podcasts. And it says, a must resource during pregnancy. It says, the VBAC link was most helpful and encouraging during my TOLAC, trial of labor after cesarean preparation. I used all the episodes to everyone's different expectations, um, exceptions and outcomes to help me prepare for my VBAC. Finding out I was pregnant six months postpartum after a planned C-section due to a breech baby was frightening at first, frightful at first, which we have talked a lot about this is a close duration. Says, I knew immediately I wanted to VBAC and started doing my research. The VBAC link was constantly playing during my stroller walks and my with my baby and helped me mentally prepare for my second pregnancy. I use the resources provided to help open up conversation during my prenatal appointments and ultimately advocating for myself and my baby for a planned hospital TOLAC. I successfully had my second baby via VBAC a few days ago, and I am so happy that I did. Everything I could have wanted and so much more. Thank you, Julie and Megan. Oh, I love that so much. Like You guys, this is what this platform is here for. For you to have the education, the information, and the empowerment to go on and make the best decision for you, no matter how that is and what your birth outcome looks like. And I love that she said, like, to, you know, to advocate for me and my baby. Yes. I love that. That is so helpful. Very, so, very. So much for that review. I, I really like, they touched me from the bottom of my heart. And if you haven't had a chance, please drop us a link, drop us a, drop us a comment, drop us a review. Let us know what you think about the feedback link. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Hey, Women of Strength, it's Megan. I wanted to share something with you in case you didn't know. In addition to this podcast and all the amazing stories and information that you will receive, we also have a website. You can find it at thevbacklink.com. That is T-H-E-V-B-A-C link.com. It is full of free resources answering your burning questions on how long to become pregnant, how to induce naturally, can you have a VBAC if you induce, 
and so many other topics. We also create helpful email content, so don't forget to sign up for the free emails when you see the pop-up come up. I know it's crazy because I've never met you, but I want you to know I truly love you with all my heart. I love this community and I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Okay, cute crystal. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am so honored that you're here and taking the time out of your very busy day to talk (laughs) more about that topic that we just don't talk about and it's it's not even that we don't talk about it sometimes i think it's just that we don't think about it yeah have you yeah. like it's it's not it's so far over there because we have such an event to get through like birth is an event right yeah it's we huge have such huge. an event to get through that we can't think about what we're doing right here or over here because we're right here in this moment yeah. preparing for this event i yeah. mean i i have written tons of bike races or bike rides at long distances or ran half marathons. I'm telling you right now at mile 10, the only thing I was thinking about is where that finish line was, <laughs> not where the next starting line was, right? Like right. the next experience. And so I am so excited that you're here with us to talk more about this, this next journey, because it is a whole other journey yes. that, that leads us down a path through life in general, and it can impact us for our next birth, yes. right? Like, right. It, it's a circling, it all goes together. Um, yeah. So let's talk about more, like, ta- let's talk about your professional background. What got you into this? What got you into wanting to, you know, your passion behind postpartum and serving moms and babies uh, through postpartum and through breastfeeding? Yes. Yeah, so, Um, I always knew that I wanted to work as a nurse or in the nursing field. And I was just fascinated with like labor and delivery and women's health, you know, of course, being a woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all the amazing things that we can do. You know, I had my oldest children younger, so I was very, you know, naive. And so after I became a nurse, I really got into postpartum and mother and baby and just seeing, you know, new babies come into the world and helping the parents, the whole family breastfeeding and helping them take care of their newborn baby. And just the, Mm -hmm. all of that just, just fascinates me. It's just incredible to me. So I've been working with mothers and children um, for, as a nurse for a little over 10 years now. And, you know, just through my time in, in the hospital and the clinic, I've, I've seen a trend, I, you know, a lot of parents have the best intentions, they want to breastfeed, they want to do this, and then but there's not enough support, you know, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, the, the who the world world health organization, sorry, CDC, they all recommend exclusively breastfeeding for at least six months and beyond. But what then, you know, parents go back to work at six to eight weeks, maybe, you know, some even sooner, I've seen some moms, they have to go back to work within like two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just seeing that lack of um, support postpartum um, for families just, you know, triggered like, okay, I need to be able, it's very frustrating to be in a hospital or a, a large health organization setting and mm-hmm. not being able to do as much as I want to, want to. because <laughs> because of all the policies and mm-hmm. regulations and things like that. So I teamed up with the Mama Coach to start my own private practice. And being part of the Mama Coach has been awesome. We are a group of registered nurses and some nurse practitioners all around the world helping parents to make parenting easier, you know, through education, evidence-informed solutions, support, assessment, individualized plans, all the stuff to help support parents from prenatal period to postpartum to feeding, starting solids, all the way up to, you know, five years of age um, with sleep and, you know, CPR and things like that. So, yeah, you know. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of my background. I have four kids and I 
did not get to breastfeed my older two because again, I was young, naive, didn't know anything. I, I tried quote unquote to breastfeed and not knowing that I had to, you know, that cluster feeding was normal. And I just thought, oh no, I need to get formula because they sent me home with formula. And now all of a sudden my milk dried up and I'm like, okay, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm just formula feed, which that's not what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to, you know, continue the breastfeeding journey. So yeah. So this isn't like anything we even talked about, but I kind of um, am wondering if you know the answer to this, right? So we're talking about how all these organizations, big organizations encourage breastfeeding. We talk about how we don't necessarily have the support, but not only do we not have the support, but we have the the um, alternatives given to us so easily, which I think is great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right. but, but it makes it easier to be like or if we don't know like cluster feeding like sometimes during cluster feeding you think your baby's starving right because you're not they they think oh i'm not giving my baby enough they're always hungry always hungry i have to supplement with formula right when that's not necessarily the case but what why do you think all these companies are providing so much formula right out of the gate you know, I'm I'm not sure. I, I can say probably because they're not thinking of long-term, you know, effects mm-hmm. of starting formula. I mean, if it's needed, you know, how I always was taught, uh, especially working in the hospital, is that really formula should be used and treated as a medication. Used mm-hmm. if absolutely needed. needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when... When some, you know, staff or, you know, doctors, whatever, see that a a mother is struggling, maybe they don't automatically think let's support and see how we can help her reach her goal. Let's just feed the baby and deal with it later. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that that will can negatively impact, you know, the breastfeeding relationship down Mm -hmm. the road. Yeah. So, you know. And like you said, those that is there for a reason. And if a baby really needs it, of course, you know, yeah. you know, use it. But you know, I think it's just, I think it, the organizations are getting better, mm-hmm. but it can still be better. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I would like to see more? Um, and I know that this can be tricky because of all the things that are put into our bodies and in this world, right? But I would yeah. love to see milk bank donations more. Um, yes. There are certain countries that literally like, they're like winter dairy and they like bring breast milk to your porch. And oh my like gosh. for people who are struggling, like it's so, it's so awesome. And there are parents out there, there are moms out there who have a insane overproduction yeah. with their baby necessarily isn't you know using it and it could go to a preemie baby or to a mom that may have a little bit of a rough start or have had a cesarean you know under general anesthesia and isn't able to really even be present in that moment right right? um Mm. i would love to see that happening more and i don't i don't even know it's there's like all the things out there there's all the apples off the tree that i'd love to grab and like you know make it happen yeah, but, that would be so amazing. Yeah. So, but but they are out there too. So if you are struggling during your breastfeeding journey, it doesn't hurt to ask, hey, is there a breast milk donation in our area or yeah. in this hospital? Because there are situations where some hospitals there it's not talked about and it's not big enough yet, but there are banks where people yes. do donate and because of the craziness in this world, these they're really, really strict on who can donate. And then yeah. my cousin did one and you have to like check a million boxes. Yes, <laughs> to yes. To be able to donate. And so anyway. But you, you know, makes sense, but you know. And, it, and that yeah. can be weird to people like we, yeah. like someone else's, wait, what? But, yeah, I have know, definitely part encountered that before and you know i mean everybody has their you know yeah has their comfort levels right right so it's like well it's there i am seeing more hospitals in my area i'm in northern california 
have a donor breast milk available in the hospital. But the, mm-hmm. the problem with that is they give the donor milk in the hospital, but when they go home, there's still not that support and like basically continuation of care because now mom's milk is maybe not, you know, quite sufficient enough yet. And, you know, how do we help them, you know, when they go home? Right. So that's another thing that we're seeing too. So, okay. So that, I mean, that's a question right there. Even how, like we go home, but we're, I'm going to go back when we talk about breastfeeding with that. Like, yeah. what do we do? What do we need to know when we go home? But <laughs> what do we need to not forget the postpartum, you know, during the postpartum journey or during birth preparing, what do we need to not forget about the postpartum journey? What are some things that, you know, people are pregnant, they're preparing for their birth, they're VBAC, they're so excited, or they're, they're figuring out if VBAC's right for them. What do we need to focus on and not forget about during that pregnancy journey? Yeah. So of course, like we were saying earlier, birth and getting ready for birth is a huge event. And we prepare for that and all that, but then we don't think about, like we were saying, the postpartum and thinking that postpartum can last, you know, a year, two years, you know, sometimes even longer, depending on how long you breastfeed, if you, Mm -hmm. if, you know, plan to breastfeed Mm -hmm. because, okay, it takes, you know, nine, 10 months for your hormones to increase and, you know, grow this baby and things like that. And then it, you know, of course it can take to me, this is my thinking, (laughs) To me, you know, it can take at least nine months for it to go back down to, you know, somewhat normal levels. And if you're breastfeeding, you still got all kinds of hormones going on. So mm-hmm. think about that, you know, babies have to be fed. So how are we going to feed them? Are you going to breastfeed? Do you know what to expect? Do you know what kind of bottles, what kind of formula to use? Do you, you know, do we know like what to expect with just newborns in general and newborn care and, you know, diapers mm-hmm. because, you know, babies' poops look funky. They're different from ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, all these, these things, I feel like, you know, if parents are a little bit more prepared, then they will be, have less anxiousness for one, mm-hmm. because it's a whole new thing, whether you're first time parent, or even if it's your third or fourth baby with, even with me for my fourth baby, I was like, wait, is this normal? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm a nurse and I work in the field, but it's so much different when you're on the other side, you know? Mm -hmm. So just to be prepared for that. So that way you have the expectations and you know, okay, this is what's normal, what's not normal. And you know, have somewhat of an idea of how to manage some things and know that there is support out there when you need the support and help. Absolutely. Something that I, so as a, my first baby, I ended up going back to work at 12 weeks postpartum. And I wasn't, I already wasn't prepared for a cesarean. So then I was recovering from that. Right. But yeah. I, when it came to like feeding my baby and even my emotional status, I was, I really wasn't prepared for all that was happening in such a short period of time. And then to shift, like, as soon as I started feeling like I was kind of getting, getting things and like right. control or like a routine, it was like, like my feet got swooshed, you know, underneath me and it was changing again. And I was all of a sudden in a back storage room pumping every three hours right. and like storing my milk in a fridge where everyone stored their lunch and (laughs) and then trying to figure out like that and like trying to get Mm -hmm. enough production for my baby while they were with the babysitter and and like trying to figure out you know I don't know just so much that's a lot yeah definitely going back to work after having a baby is no matter how soon or how you know whether it's six weeks or six months is definitely Mm -hmm. a big change as well yeah. Yes. So that's something that a lot of parents aren't really thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. or prepared for, which is totally fine. There's so much more going on, you know, at the moment, but knowing that, okay, I need to prepare and be ready, you know, before I go back to work. So I know what to expect. And, and like I said, get, getting some support on how to manage that, you know, get a plan together, get a schedule together yeah. and, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think um, so as a doula, like I work a lot with my clients right before pregnancy, right? And 
sometimes they are a little caught off guard when I'm like, what's your postpartum plan? And they're like, huh? Like, are yeah. you a birth doula? And I'm like, yeah, I am a birth doula, but I know a lot about the postpartum and I didn't plan for it either. And yeah. let's talk about it. Like how, how, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to eat? So you can feed right. your baby. Yes. How are you going to get sleep? Because just like what you were talking about before, like a lot of moms have to go back, you know, 12 or so weeks after some of them, two weeks after we also have an issue with our paternity or our, um, yeah, paternity. Wait. Yeah, paternity leave for yeah. the fathers. For the fathers. The, you know, the yeah. yeah. And they're, I mean, we have one week, especially if you have multiple kids, we have one yes. week a lot of the times, and then they're just gone. And we're like, yep. Ah, what do we need to do? You know, yeah. so get your meal trains, get your support, rally up together, have your birth team, have your postpartum team, have a plan. And we know plans change no matter what birth, postpartum, everyday life. I sometimes right. plan to go to Costco and then I don't go to Costco that day because something <laughs> happened, right? Like yeah. Plans yep. change. But if we can have a kind of a baseline of an idea, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. I've got my, like, I have a friend who she gets mastitis. Oh, every baby, right? And so the, her third baby, she was like, I'm going to do everything. So she had her IBCLC lined up to go to the hospital day one. Oh, wow. She had a good established latch. She met with her as soon as she left her hospital, the hospital by day four, she was meeting with her again, go making sure you guys, she was on sunflower lettuce and I don't know how lettuce is that how you say it. I don't know how you feel about that less thin, but she, that helped her personally, like not get you know, not be so sticky. And so she was like, I have got to get out of control of this. I have two other kids. I cannot be sick with mastitis. Right. And then she would end up getting thrush after that because it ended up like, so anyway, so she got on a probiotic. She, you know, there are things that we can do and it's really hard, like I said, to focus on that in the pregnancy stage. Yeah. Yeah. But there are things we can get on those probiotics. We can contact those IBCLCs. We can have a somewhat plan in place. So we're not just thrown into the fire Especially like in my case where I did have a cesarean or a repeat cesarean, right? Right. Like there, those were just things that were unexpected. And so prepare the best you can. And I love, yeah. I love your advice. This is so important and get that support. Yeah, for sure. So I just, uh, I just thought of a thing because we talked about, you know, I've talked a lot about breastfeeding and feeding your baby, but you, you know, brought up a good point as mothers, we, for sure, neglect ourselves all the time. (laughs) And so like you were talking about eating, making sure you eat and hydrate, you know, moms are recovering too from Mm -hmm. birth. So whether it's vaginal or cesarean, you know, planned or emergency cesarean, it's your body's doing a lot postpartum. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's just crazy. We're amazing. Yes. Like we're amazing. We are. We are. We are. We so are. But then we, you know, we have to remember to take care of ourselves too, as much as possible. And that's why there's, Mm -hmm. that's where the support and village comes in because you can't do it all yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I guess you could, I'm sure some women have, but you know, you shouldn't have to do it by yourself. No. And I think like, like you were saying, like we shouldn't have to, but for some reason we do. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. We don't ask for help. We struggle asking for support. We struggle spending money on ourselves. We struggle getting postpartum doulas or going to an IBCLC because it costs so much and insurance doesn't cover it. I mean, we, you guys, you are worth it. You are worth it. You are amazing. You grew a human. You birthed a human. You are now taking care of a human. You're feeding a human. So there's so much to it. It's okay to get that support and give back to yourself. Totally. Totally. I 1000% agree. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes that is finding a coach or, you know, or, and just getting some, and some advice or talking to someone and just being heard. Yes. Maybe you don't physically need anything. You just need to be heard. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what, what to look for in the first, so now we've had our baby, we've had everything. What can we look for in the first few weeks to kind of 
know that maybe we've got, maybe we need to ask for more help or get more resources or take care of ourselves or what are some things that we can look for in those first few weeks as like nursing and postpartum just in general? Yeah. Yeah. So for moms, you know, it's not every, I've spoken to a lot of moms who wasn't aware that they were, would still be bleeding afterwards. So there's that. That <laughs> so, is a thing. <laughs> yes, that is a thing. You're still bleeding. That's normal. But obviously, from a nursing standpoint, if it's, you know, excessive blood or you're filling a pad, you know, every hour, for sure you want to reach out. A lot of women tend to swell after uh, postpartum. Some are just like, no, I didn't have any swelling during the pregnancy. And then all of a sudden, postpartum, you have your, yeah, you just blow up, your mm-hmm. feet are swollen, things like that you know, that could be due to some IV fluids or other stuff going on, but for sure you want to reach out to, you know, your provider with mm-hmm. that. Contractions and cramping afterwards is still a thing, especially with breastfeeding. So some women are just like, oh my gosh, like I did not know about this. You know, some some women, they feel great after delivering, right? They don't, they're like, yeah, I don't need to take my meds. I think I'm feeling okay. But then once they start breastfeeding and they start they're feeling like, oh. these contractions, it's like, ah, oh my gosh, it's like I'm in labor again. And mm-hmm. that is normal. I know it's uncomfortable. That's definitely normal. And if, if it's not, you know, if you still feel that when you're not breastfeeding or, you know, it's not relieved with pain meds, then for sure, I would highly recommend reaching out to the provider. And that can also get worse with with each baby, right? Like it can last a little longer and be a little bit more intense. Yeah. I know. Which is like, like why? But we're already doing all this. Why is it getting worse? (laughs) It's because our uteruses have to shrink down. (laughs) I know. I know. Which is a good thing. So the cramping is a good thing. It's a normal thing. We want that. It controls bleeding, you know, Mm -hmm. gets the uterus back down to its normal size, all that. So engorgement, Mm -hmm. you know, once, even if a mom is not breastfeeding, the body's natural physiological response is to bring in milk with the delivery of the placenta, drop, you know, your hormones drop and that triggers, oh, okay, baby has been born. Let's make milk. Feed it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So whether you breastfeed or not, you know, if you don't breastfeed, you may not get as much engorgement, but you know, there is still stuff going on there. But if you're, if you are breastfeeding, you will almost 100% get engorged in the first few days, you know, and anywhere from day three to five, you know, sometimes a little bit longer, but around there, your breasts will feel really full. Some women say they like their breast size double or triple in size. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they can get really rock hard. That's pretty normal because your milk's coming in, you know, breastfeed or, you know, helping or getting a support with latching well so the baby can empty it. Or if you need to maybe have to pump a little bit. But like I said, of course, reach out for lactation support because depending on the situation and what's going on, they can, the lactation consultant can further guide you on, you know, how mm-hmm. to manage that. But lumps, you know, you may feel little lumps in the breast. That's pretty normal. Those are just basically milk ducts that are either swollen and or filling with milk because of the postpartum period with increased swelling and things like that. On to after engorgement, I'm thinking like the progression of things that it could Mm -hmm. progress. So clogged ducts, a lot of parents see that. But now we do, now we know that it's called ductal narrowing instead of clogged ducts. Um, Yeah. So before we thought that maybe the milk was getting Getting sticky. Yeah, getting sticky. And then we had to somehow remove this milk plug. But the new research now by the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is saying that it's not that, that it's inflammation and swelling of the milk ducts itself that cause narrowing of the basically the channel or the passageway that milk goes through and then that you know make you know makes a backup i guess you know backup backup of milk so the uh, management for that where beforehand we would always recommend warm compresses Mm -hmm. and massage 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 dangle feeding things like that now they're saying that we should be using cold compresses 
Oh, yeah, okay. just to like reduce how, inf- like just yeah, inflammation. exactly reduce okay. inflammation. I'll, yeah, I always kind of tell parents uh, noting like, this. okay, if we have a swollen ankle, you know, and the breasts are swollen, if we have a swollen ankle, we wouldn't put hot or you know a warm compress on it. No, we do the ice or the cold compress to reduce the inflammation, and then when we reduce the inflammation. In those milk ducts, now that passageway kind of opens up, everything calms down, and milk can flow a little bit easier. Mind blown. That I was know. amazing. Would have been nice to know. Right. <laughs> a long I time know. ago. <laughs> I know. So I when I see, you know, moms say, Oh my gosh, I have this lump and it doesn't, my breasts don't feel emptied, even with breastfeeding or pumping. And I've been doing hot showers and massaging it. And then I'm like, no, try cold. And then they always almost always it oh helps gosh yeah. i am totally adding this to my do <laughs> to my dual <laughs> yes. practice like this yes is really good information it is yeah it's so amazing when the parents come back and they're like oh my gosh that work i can't believe it and also that breast tissue is very delicate it's a soft tissue so some moms are just aggressively massaging their breasts like oh my god i yes. need to get this out we don't want to do that because we can further damage and cause yeah. trauma to the breast tissue. More inflammation. So, yes, more inflammation. Exactly. So light massage if you need to, cold compresses for that. So that can, for mom, I'm going on and on now. That's great. <laughs> this it's episode's going to be like forever. It's going to be hours long. But so that's kind of like the basics, um, the immediate things that we need to look for with mom physically. Uh so emotionally mentally their parents are sleep deprived you know so we definitely want to make sure like you said have those like meal cards or you know i I even suggest adding this to like the baby registry when you're pregnant you know Mm -hmm. like meal cards doordash cards or Mm -hmm. you know postpartum doula even you know Mm -hmm. like it's like well instead of you know giving me all this and you know, this is what I w- I'm going to need help with in the first couple of weeks. Cause yeah. as moms and, you know, I know for me postpartum, I, I, yes, I'm thinking about myself and my baby, but I'm also thinking about everything else that I need to do in the household. Like, oh my gosh, the dishes. Oh my gosh, I have yes. to do the laundry. Oh my gosh. The other kids need to get rides to school or what have you. So if there's anything, you know, you know how uh, friends and family are always saying, oh, let me know if I can do anything to help. Please uh-huh. ask for help because moms, parents, you know, need sleep. Definitely. Yes. Because that helps with, for one, it's just a human need mm-hmm. <laughs> is sleep. Two, for sanity. <laughs> yeah. And three, because, you know, the more rest that we can get as mothers or, or a breastfeeding, lactating parent, the better our milk supply would be, too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. we were talking about, like, even just like, just we're not thinking of drinking and that helps our breast supply, you know? Right. And that yeah. helps our healing physically and keeps us in our mind. Right. And so on that topic, you guys, this, um, be her village. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it. Check it out. Be her village. You guys can create a registry just like what crystal's describing where you can go and register for a doula or a childbirth education or, um, or money for IBCLC or pelvic floor health or mental health, you know, all of these things, like if yeah. this is your registry and pelvic floor health oh my gosh that's yes. huge that's another thing it's like we don't know about that like you know most parent mothers are just not that we don't care we just don't know like you yeah. know there's just so much things going on so many things going down down there that for sure yeah. you need some kind of pelvic floor you know yes. rehabilitation afterwards right even if you have a c-section yeah oh a hundred percent and and it it's aggravating. I'm not going to spiral off on this tangent. But it's <laughs> aggravating to me yes. that so many insurance companies do not cover standard, just as a standard. Like it should be yes. in the postpartum. It should be. Plan. Yes. yes. But they're not yes. covering postpartum pelvic floor ish. Like they're not covering this. Like yeah. I went and it was $250 per mm-hmm. visit. Mm-hmm. And like as a new mom, it's already, especially if we invested in, you know, a doula and a IBCLC right. and, you know, a photographer. All or the things. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like, oh, that's another. And now we've got a newborn that like has to have diapers that are like $50 a box, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. It's really hard. So we should. And that's oh, where we neglect ourselves again. Where we're neglecting and, you know, ourselves. not that we want to, but it's just, it, it's what you we know, do. the organ, you know, I don't even know who to blame. <laughs> I know. But healthcare, insurance or whatever is, is preventing us from getting the proper care and support. I did the same thing. I just wanted to touch on that. I did the same thing. You know, I was having issues holding my bladder and I asked for a referral from my doctor Mm -hmm. for pelvic floor health because doing our own research, we're like, okay, we know, I think I need to, you know, see a pelvic floor Mm -hmm. uh, therapist and they did not. They're like, well, normally we don't do that. I'm like, why? Why? So yes, I did the same thing. I went and tried to look into it myself to pay out of pocket. And it was, it was expensive. And then I just kind of gave up and just was like, okay, I'll just do my own research and do some other, you know, find out some exercises on my own and just do Mm -hmm. it on my own, Mm -hmm. which is sad that we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to do that. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Um, Okay. So on to like, what to expect? Cause there's still, there's so many I things. I, there's so much, but yeah. I just want to touch on about the emotional that like we were talking about the mood disorders, uh, yeah. because that is very, very important and huge. And as, so I always recommend that when moms takes either, you know, I'm sure prenatally they have a partner or, you know, a birth partner or something that is along for the ride with them. They mm-hmm. come to the classes and things like that. I really recommend that postpartum too. any type of postpartum class newborn class, breastfeeding class, the partner or, you know, caregiver should definitely be involved Mm -hmm. as well as the, as the birthing parent, because as moms, we don't really, we don't initially see that there's something going on with us, right. For like Mm -hmm. postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, things like that. It's usually the close family member, you know, kind of notices things going, going on first. So definitely I, I feel like the whole family should be involved in that. And if you are, if parents are just struggling with coping with, you know, new life as a parent, breastfeeding, all, all the things, then definitely reach out for, for support because that can definitely happen with all the hormones going on and the stress. Lack of support. Lack of support. Lack of sleep. Lack of sleep. Yes. So that's really something big. Yeah. So, and I want to talk just, slightly on this it's really hard as a new mom to and i I don't hope this isn't triggering but to pass your baby to someone so you can take care of yourself yeah but we had a client years ago that was really struggling she had a just a series of things right and was really struggling and one of the things that we ended up coming up with is to for her to go to her mom's for the night and she we came up with a good plan and had help with dad and other kids and everything with her baby and she ended up pumping and coming up with supply and for one night she did wake up engorged but for one night she slept all night all night she went to bed at like 8 30 and she she pumped before and then went to bed and she woke up. I think she said it was like 6.30, which is still early, but 8.30 to 6.30 is a pretty yeah. good stretch. And yeah. she was probably so engorged. She like had to wake up, right? <laughs> yeah. But you guys, she was a new person. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, she, and she said that. She's like, whoa. It's like my funk was just sucked out of me just yeah. by getting that sleep. And that was really hard for her to do that. Of course, I'm sure. Really, really difficult for her to be like, I'm giving my baby that's four days old. Right. Like what? You know, and overnight. (laughs) Overnight. And it's not ideal, right? It wasn't, it wasn't ideal. But she got she spiraled quickly and she got to a place that that's what ultimately she felt like was going to be best. And anyway, it was amazing. And she still, you know, had trials to get through and because the next night she had lack of sleep, but she was able to kind of build up that foundation a yeah. little bit more by getting that full night's rest. Exactly. And her mom, like, seriously, like, had all this amazing, like, 
these broths and this high protein foods yeah, yeah, and good. all these amazing things to like fill her, fill her being, you know, with yeah, all the yeah. good things. Yeah. So, because as mom, we're filling everybody else's cup usually. Yes. Filling our cup. <laughs> yeah. So, and you don't have to leave your baby with anyone yeah. overnight. Right. But going back to the, like, have someone fill your cup. Yeah. Have someone fill your cup, food, all of those yeah. things. Everything. Yeah. I heard of some parents when they finally get like three or four hours straight of sleep, they're like, oh my Whoa. gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. I feel like a, like same thing. I feel like a new person, like just because sleep is like I was mentioning a human need. So we need that. And if we're just constantly days upon days upon days of getting only one to two hours at a time of sleep, that's definitely not, not you know, enough. sustainable. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. Well, she started resenting her baby. Yeah. um, Yeah, And started and having anxiety of of nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I could, you know, I could definitely see how that can come about for sure. This is especially if you're breastfeeding. Especially that, you know, and I know we all know, of course, breast is best, breast milk's best, but you know. We also have to think of the whole picture where, mm-hmm. you know, and I always tell this to all of my clients and patients that I've worked with, you know, mental and sleep health is very important. Mm-hmm. Very. And I know breast milk is too, but you do the best that you can. But you can't, it's like when we're on the airplane, right? And they talk about if we're in an emergency and the masks fall down, prepare your mask on you first before you help someone else. Yes. And it, it's a, it's a similar concept yeah. to me where yeah. if we cannot fuel ourselves with the oxygen, yeah, and the sleep and the, these things, we cannot 100% take care of this baby. Right. right? Yeah. And we can't make milk. Right. And because our body is going to protect us. Exactly. And sometimes that will that we'll see a milk dip or, you know, yeah. and, stresses and things like that. We I've have clients that are nursing really, really well. And then a really stressful events happening in their life. And they're like, I'm losing my milk. I'm losing my milk. Yeah. Is my baby not eating enough? And it's crazy how just mentally like our body can do that. Like yeah. stop making as much milk, right? Yeah. Have you that's seen crazy. That? I have, I have actually stressful events or if mom starts some kind of new medication especially birth control (laughs) um you know it's it's and they don't know they just don't know they're like oh well yeah when i talk to them i do a consultation i said any new medication they're like well i did start taking birth control but my doctor said it should be fine it won't affect my milk supply i'm like anything anything new (laughs) you know it, it can it can and that's probably why which it's not to say that we can't get the you know milk supply back up. Just mm-hmm. no, at least just knowing that I'm being aware of that. Okay, well, this is why it's mm-hmm. not because you know something else or whatever. Um, it's right. because of that. So yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, periods too. Me Even too. starting, you know, moms yes. starting their period, it can, you know, every during your cycle, yeah, throws it mm-hmm. off. Um, yeah, lots of different things that you know could happen will happen so just something to be having the back of your mind like okay this is what i remember crystal the mama coach saying or whoever saying mm-hmm. you know this can happen but you know there are ways to you know work um, around it work around it yeah so um this next question is a did you know i feel like this is something that actually a lot of people do not know and that is that babies lose weight in the first few days and they can lose even more, which is more than the recommended loss if there was an induction or a lot of fluids or a surgery. Yes. Can yes. We talk correct. About that? Can we talk about like what's normal? And because I feel like, again, we go back to mentally, like there's so much stress on feeding the baby, getting enough you know, cluster feeding, does that mean my baby's not eating all these things? And then we have this baby that weighed in at 7.12, you know, and is now weighing in at 6.15. And we're like, whoa, like this is a big loss. And we've got providers like freaking out about it and suggesting (laughs) supplements and, 
and things like that. So what's, what's normal? What's the average loss just without induction and things like that? But can we talk a little bit about that so we can offer some comfort to these mamas who might have a baby that's losing weight? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. So babies can lose up to 10% of their birth weight within the first like three to four days or so. And a normal weight loss is about like two to 3% per day. So with that being said, when babies are in their womb, they are swallowing amniotic fluid. They're swallowing, swallowing, swallowing. So technically they're born full and, and their first stools is that sticky black tarry meconium that is just getting rid of all that amniotic fluid that they were swallowing while they were in the womb. So that's, you know, some weight loss because they are probably pooping five or six times within the first one or two days Mm -hmm. and super sticky. And then, like you said, if they're, if mom was inducted or induced or got a lot of IV fluids, antibiotics, cesarean, they got extra fluids. So anything that mom gets while during labor, yes, baby gets some of it too. So really some, you know, providers are saying that, you know, their baby's newborn's true weight is like can be seen at like 24 hours after birth versus one or two hours right after or right after birth so that you know that weight loss takes into account that fluids getting rid of the meconium things like that and then anything more than 10 percent, then you know we get kind of concerned and like you said some providers are like oh my gosh formula let's do all this me as a lactation consultant, you know, I, I am a less freaked out because I know, especially if a mom's breastfeeding, you know, babies are getting, we're getting to the, are probably one of our next questions, but babies' bellies are really small. So in the yeah. first couple of days, they're only taking like two to 10 milliliters per feeding, which is less than half of a teaspoon up to like two teaspoons per feeding. So and that is the colostrum that they're that they're receiving from mom, that yellow, thick, first milk that is expressed from mom's breast. And although it's smaller in volume, it's really packed with a lot of nutrients and antibodies and things like that. So it is nutritionally, what is the word? Nutritionally. I say dead. It's like, I don't dense. know. It's- yes. Nutritionally dense. So baby is getting what they need. It's just a smaller volume because mm-hmm. it makes up for the fact that it takes a couple of days for mom's milk to increase and, you know, increase mm-hmm. in volume, things like that. So babies are getting, you know, they're losing all this excess fluids, pooping out all this meconium, and then they're just getting smaller, um, frequent amounts of colostrum. So that all that takes, you know, is our factors and the weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then when mom's milk starts to increase around day three to seven, they start taking in more volume. And then we start to see some, some weight gain um, there. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you know, of course, as a lactation consultant, I, we look at the whole picture. What, you know, what happened with mom's um, labor and delivery experience? Is this baby number one or two or, you know, multiple for them? Do they have any uh, medical background that might be, you know, a factor in, milk increasing or milk coming in, you know, all, all things like that. And we, then when I look at that and, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe we need to supplement just a little bit if we need to. And then, you know, and then I will tell moms, let's maybe have you pump or hand express and any extra colostrum or transitional milk you can express, give that to baby first. And we'll see how that goes, you know, especially if they're not wanting to start formula. And, you know, I, like I said, every family is different. So I, you know, look at the whole picture look at their goals and see how best I can help them. But obviously if a baby loses a significant amount of weight, like 13 to 15%, then we are like, yes, we probably need to supplement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like I said in the beginning, but you know, formula is used when we need it, if we need it, not just automatically, oh my gosh, baby's at nine or 10% weight loss. We need to give formula. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely disagree with that, but you know, and it's all the parent's choice as well. I give them the options and they decide, you know, 
what they want to do. And then I support them, whatever they decide. Right. So as we're kind of working on getting our milk to come in and recovering and things like that, we've already talked about like sleep, mental health, food, water, things like that. That's going to all help our breast milk. But are there other things that we can be doing or should be doing to help our milk come in quicker or once our to help our milk be more uh, savory comes to my mouth, my mind, but like <laughs> really like rich, you know, like um, <laughs> for mm-hmm. the baby, um, because like, you just talked about like some babies do lose, you know, up to 13%. And do we, and, and then I guess like a side question is, do we know why some babies lose a little bit more? Is there a reason or is there something that we as parents could do? Or should we just be like, you know, supply and demand, nurse your baby, your milk will come in your milk is great. Like, you know, just because your baby's not gaining as much weight doesn't mean you should shame yourself or your milk's not good enough because right, right. there's a lot of that too. Yeah. But is there yeah. anything that you would give us tip wise to help milk come in or, I and mean, there's a lot of questions within this one question. So I'm just going to send the time <laughs> over. <laughs> okay. So yes, the best thing we can do is early hand expression. So Typically, after birth, the first 24 hours, babies are super sleepy, super sleepy that it's hard to even get them to latch or want to nurse frequently. Mm -hmm. Thinking about how breast milk supply works, it is a demand. The more you demand on the breast or remove milk, the more milk you will make. So if the baby is sleeping the first 24 hours, we're probably not expressing, or at least the baby is not expressing as much milk. And that's where hand expression is important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So frequently, like, you know, newborns tend to eat at least eight to 12 times in a 24-hour period. So if we break it down by hours, I just so much easier. Every two to three hours or so, attempt to put babies to the breast, do what you can. If a baby's too sleepy or not latching well, then hand express. Hand expression and get out that colostrum. You can spoon feed that to baby or cup feed or syringe feed that to baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're still stimulating your supply. So sometimes I, I hear parents like, oh my gosh, the first day or two baby, my baby was just, you know, so good and just slept for four hours and I'm like no I'm like did you hand express or pump at that time and they just you know we just don't know yeah like no I didn't I just slept too I'm like I'm glad you got sleep but to you know help your milk supply increase for baby it it, it is Mm -hmm. very very important to express milk every few hours whether it's hand express latching or pumping yeah so yeah. that's the biggest thing and then i'm trying to think what was the other question you had oh how we can make it more savory or- yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i always recommend doing breast massage prior to any breastfeedings or pumping or expressing sessions that's just because especially in the first couple of days because colostrum is very thick So Mm -hmm. by massaging, you're basically and light massage, not too hard, not too aggressively. (laughs) You, uh, we are basically unsticking or loosening up that milk. So that way it can be expressed and you can collect that, you know, good sticky, fatty colostrum or, you know, milk. And that's with even at any time, you know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, might have heard of like four milk and hind milk type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, you know, basically when you express, you'll see like a little fat layer in the bottle or in the milk. And to increase that, some, some research is saying you can't do anything to, you know, increase that, but we can help it to come out a little bit more. And that's by hand expressing or doing what we call a breast milk shake. And I've done this myself (laughs) with my last baby is just doing a breast massage before breastfeeding or or nursing. And I have seen like a thicker fat layer on, you know, on the milk. So that's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah. With my son to begin, he was kind of small to begin with, but like it, when I would pump, right, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like this much fat yeah. in this milk, all of it's, you know, 
separated. And um, I had someone kind of suggest that, but it was a warm compress, not a cold Uh, compress. It was warm compress, slight massage, you know, and then nurse Um, or even hand express for just a second and then nurse. Yeah. 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 You could do that too. You could breastfeed and then hand express a little bit too, just to Mm -hmm. help that milk supply, especially if baby didn't have a good feeding or mm-hmm. wasn't quite latched very well, just to ensure we uh, stimulate the breast properly to give that signal. Okay, make the milk, bring the milk in. Um, yeah. Like that, so, and I just wanted to say as a side note, all breast milk is beneficial for baby, whether you have a thin fat layer or not. Your body still tailors and makes the breast milk to your baby's needs. So Awesome. And then, so hand expressing during pregnancy, and we were talking about postpartum, but is it suggested to do a little bit during pregnancy? So you can, but you do have to be considered, you know, at least term, which is about 37, 38 weeks or so. Um, And of course, check with the, with the OB provider, because it depends on, you know, what uh, risk factors you have. Because it can, it can stimulate. it can simulate because it does with the hand expression, the same hormone is released as when you mm-hmm. are, you know, having contraction, which is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oxytocin. So it can, you know, cause some cramping contraction. Yeah. So you definitely want to get cleared by the, the OB first before just starting the hand expression. But yes, once you get cleared, yeah, you can start, um, we call it antenatal hand expression and start collecting maybe nothing or you might get drops you know some I actually Mm -hmm. tried it on myself before (laughs) and I didn't get anything and I was kind of discouraged but I was like no no one you know what I know I'm like okay it's fine so and but it's good practice too um, for hand expression you know in postpartum so you practice collect drops and then you can freeze it and then bring it to the hospital if for some reason baby needs to be supplemented if they have low blood sugars or jaundice Mm -hmm. or whatever so yeah so good to know okay and then last but not least we have different types of feeding bottles paste bottle feeding we've talked a lot about breastfeeding we're talking about all the different types of feeding yeah yeah. So of course you could do exclusive breastfeeding um, and that's just feeding baby at the breast, or you could do um, breastfeeding and pumping. So feeding breast milk, you know, in some type of vessel, whether it's bottle, syringe, mm-hmm. I typically see just bottle and syringe usually, especially when the milk volume kind of increases, or you could do combo feeding, which is breastfeeding, pumping and formula feeding. Um, So you can do a combination of all three. Some moms do exclusively pumping. So they don't put Mm -hmm. baby to the breast at all, but they just, you know, for whatever reason, it could be their own preference or they just was struggling with latch and it just was not working Mm -hmm. out for them. Or they, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to breastfeed, you know, it can be 30, 45 minutes, you know. So some moms feel like that works better for them is just to pump for 15 to 20 minutes and bottle feed. So, or some, whether it's their own personal preference or for medical reasons, um, exclusively formula feed. So with that, when you do any type of feeding other than at breast feeding and you bottle feed, you want to pace bottle feed. And we do that for several reasons. For one, newborns don't sometimes don't really know how to pace themselves and they will just take that whole chow bottle, it down, chow it down in like one minute flat. And we don't want that because I always tell parents, think about how we eat. We don't just shove chew food in your our food. mouth. Yes, cheer food, you know, things like that. So one, it can help baby learn how to, you know, slow down the feeding and then learn their own hunger cues like okay you know signs of fullness which in turn can help in the longer term with you know as they get older knowing their hunger cues and knowing when they're full and not overeat and then three it could help with it prevent you know digestive issues you know 
gulping too much too fast or drinking too fast they can take in more air mm -hmm. which will be they'll be more gassy and more fussy and then we're like what's going on why is my baby so fussy it's because they're gassy most of the time a lot of the time babies are just not very comfortable when they have gas and they definitely mm -hmm. express it and communicate that they are uncomfortable so we want to prevent that and that's we, by doing that we are i'm sorry by pace bottle feeding we help to help that mm -hmm. remedy that yeah that makes total sense yeah. and sometimes i feel like when they're gasping all that air then they can like it gets it spits like they it spit, spit up. up a lot yeah. so this is not really one of the questions we talked about but when a baby spits up a lot of times we see it and it looks like a lot and we're like it looks like a lot yeah fed my baby is right. gone right here on this blanket or all over yeah. myself mm -hmm. so is there like a rule of thumb to be like okay really that is true like every little ounce of that just came out or is it like okay your baby still got quite a bit mm -hmm. that's kind of hard to say because like you said it does visually look more than it is so which is why pace bottle feeding is important because we want to take frequent breaks little quick breaks you know a couple minutes or so mm -hmm. to burp let that die you know kind of move down their belly and get that excess air out and then continue feeding so i always recommend if you know your baby spits up and it looks like a lot see how they're how they're doing and go by their cues if it mm -hmm. seems like they're like looking for food again you know try and give a little but maybe a smaller amount just to see how it goes mm -hmm. you know it's a good a good rule of thumb and keeping the babies uh upright after feedings if you can will help to lessen the chance of spit up but then again sometimes some babies they spit up out of nowhere like an hour after feeding and parents are like i don't know what's going on he spit up so if that happens and you you're you know burping your baby and keeping them upright after feedings i would definitely talk to a provider because sometimes it could be like the formula if they're drinking formula or something you know to that mm -hmm. effect mm -hmm. yeah awesome well so we we've gone over so much <laughs> and i want to just end on the mama coach like what how can people find you what do you guys offer you know how can how does the mama coach help i mean i know how but <laughs> in amazing yeah. ways but yeah and who yes. who's a good person to who's a you know a good qualifier to go and check out like find a mama coach yeah yeah so like i was mentioning earlier the mama coach is a group of registered nurses all over the world i am the owner uh, here in vacaville california which is in northern california and the mama coach we our goal is just to help make parenting easier and like i mentioned we do have uh prenatal uh services we have postpartum services newborn services helping with it, any type of feeding whether mm -hmm. even if you're not breastfeeding we have sleep. Uh, sleep yes we have sleep so we help with um newborn sleep toddler sleep potty training cpr and choking classes uh mm -hmm. starting solids as well as one-on-one -on -one services um okay. here it, for me locally i do home visits home lactation visits i do i could do you know any of the workshops uh, we could do one-on-one -on -one, in home or virtually so my niche is breastfeeding prenatal breastfeeding education and consultations as well as postpartum, of course, uh, newborn care and sleep. So, because those are all important things. <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> very and, important. And you guys make it really like so easy. You just go to the mama, um, the mama coach.com. There's mm -hmm. a find a mama coach. You can search kind of what you're looking for, or you can just search in your zip, like type in your zip yeah, code. Zip code. Yeah. Pull up all the. Uh, mama coaches near you and go over all of their services. Yep, and exactly. I don't know if there's one, I don't think there's a single one that only does one thing. I mean, no, you guys yeah. are all kind of like, we all pretty much services we do a lot. Yes, correct. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So yeah, if you're any new or expecting parent or even a parent of a three-year-old and you're struggling, any parent that is struggling Mm -hmm. and your baby is, you know, five years old or or under and Mm -hmm. under, we can help you. So I am on Instagram. My Instagram is crystal.night.themamacoach. We also have a website, like you were saying, um, the main website is themamacoach.com. And then we all, we each have our own individual sites as well. And I'm sure we'll post that information somewhere. But yeah, reach out to, to any one of us, to myself, if you're in Northern California in the Vacaville area. And we, like I said, we all, almost all of us do virtual and then also Mm -hmm. locally in in person too. So I do ongoing uh, workshops and that's always posted on my website under, you know, the classes or on my Instagram. So, so amazing. You guys are doing so much and you even have a blog where you can go and like specifically look at pregnancy, newborn, feeding, sleep schedules, parenting in general. I mean, yes. you guys, these guys have amazing things. So make sure to go follow. We'll make sure to tag you today on our Instagram and our Facebook. So you can go and find it. We're going to have the website, look in the show notes. We'll have all the things we've talked about. And awesome. seriously, thank you so much for helping our community. Because like I said, like we don't, we don't talk about postpartum as much. We don't focus on it as much and we don't focus on feeding and all the things. So Thank yeah. you so much for kicking off the 2024 season yeah. with, yes. um, with a new type of topic. Awesome. I'm, I was so happy to be on here. Thank you. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.